What's up, everybody? Hope everyone had a great weekend. Welcome back to the Roto Grinders NBA Morning Grind. I'm Justin Carlucci, aka the Luch, alongside of the Chief Will Priester. Good to see you again, my friend. Let's talk about some NBA action. But first of all, how was your weekend? It was good, man. Just um, had a basketball tournament, and you know, I'm back home safe and sound, so that's great. And now it is time to you know, get back on the grind, you know, whenever I have a basketball tournament, I think I told you, I don't take my computer. I don't try to grind things out, which means I stayed away from MLB, um, you know, did, did play some NBA, just single entry stuff because, um, or, or let me say single bullet, because when I play single entry, I'm still going to run my lineup in the, the other, other options, just in case I'd hate to take down all the single entries when I could have had an extra 20 K from, you know, the slam dunk or, you know, an extra 50K from the, uh, from the, uh, the dribbler or whatever, whatever the, the shot, the shot. Um, so, you know, I want multi-enter and, you know, maybe some guys think that's negative EV. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe not, but, you know, I just don't try to, uh, if I'm not multi-entering, but I'm going to run a single entry, I still want to maximize my profit potential. Um, it's, it's, I'm just telling you, I've been there. It's no worse feeling than to take things down. And you should have had a few more entries in a few other contests where you could have, you know, bumped up the earnings a little bit. I get you, man. Busy weekend. You got to do what you got to do. <clears throat> I've been using lineup HQ a lot the past week. We have great tools at Roto Grinders and HQ really is top of the industry. Had a really good run in NBA on Friday. I had four teams top 20 in the FanDuel uh, four dollar and forty seven. What is it called? Is that still called the shot? I, don't, I play it all the time. Yeah, the shot. The shot. Had a great run. That was the Julius Randle sixty nine Fanduel point game. We talked about him on the on the previous pod. We said he was the safest power forward on the slate. Now, if you would have told either one of us he'd go for seventy that game, we'd probably be like, all right, temper your expectations. <laughs> but that was a really fun late push. You know how it is with the rake and everything. Profited, but the difference between. I think my best lineup was in seventh and first was 50 K and, and seventh was like 1500 or, you know, two grand, you know, going from 50 K to two grand. I pay profits, profit. We're all about the green team here, but a little disappointing, but today Sunday had a really good run on baseball for MLB made a bunch of stands as we always do on this pod. My pitching pool was down to three guys. I ended up stacking a lot of Arizona after Strasburg got scratched. I was surprised more people you know, didn't go that way. But, hey, you know MLB. You talk about the Diamondbacks. You don't have a lot of household names. Had a lot of guys sub 10%. Carson Kelly hit a dong before you know it. You know, before you know it, Escobar's doing some damage, and you got all these guys, and you're like, oh, man, we're right there. So came up just short in that one, too, in the uh, in the $4 big fan duel contest. Came in second. Once again, I'm going to take down one of these bad boys, but – we got some momentum. The Bubble Brothers pod is here. We're going to talk about some food at the end of the night. I know we got some food stories for the weekend. And uh, as crazy as NBA is, we got you covered here. We got you covered, my man. Will Priester, kick it off with Detroit because they're turning into the new Toronto Raptor. But they are the first game of the night, at least. Yeah, I mean, bottom line, well, at least with Detroit, everybody's already ruled out. Same thing with Toronto. Um you know, I mean, they've got a Corey illness is going to be out. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be out, which is going to open it back up for our point guards. Killian Hayes was just rested the other night, so he'll be back in our lives for sure. Looks like Diallo's going to play in this one, so we're going to have some access to Diallo and Josh Jackson, who 
Look, man, <laughs> I, I, I'm still going to be interested in Josh Jackson. Let me just say that. Uh, Sadiq Bey is for sure going to get all the minutes he can handle in this one, like for sure. I, I think 35 minutes is kind of where we'll probably have him from a median. Um, he played 39 against OKC, and it, were, it was pretty much a similar situation uh, the other night with all those guys out. So that's kind of where I am. I think Sadiq Bay is probably the safest in terms of minutes. I don't think Killian Hayes is going to play past 30. I don't think that's what they want to do. Uh, with Diallo being in the mix, he'll probably split with a couple guys. And then uh, Isaiah Stewart, big man on campus again, especially with Sekou Demboya out. Uh, he's going to be another one that plays, you know, 30-plus minutes. Uh, this is a big-time spot for, for Detroit value, point-blank period. Hey, run me down some of those uh, Pistons prices on FanDuel. Yes, yes, this is the big one. I got to think these prices on FanDuel are a lot, a lot better, a lot cheaper, excuse me, than DK. Isaiah Stewart, 4,800. Sadiq Bay, 5,200. Josh Jackson, 5,500. Killian Hayes, 3,900. And then last but not least, our good friend Hamadou Diallo. Price is probably warranted because of the minutes. He's 3,500 on this slate. Oh, that hurts my soul a little bit. Other, <laughs> other than Diallo, who's 42 on DK, the rest of the pricing is pretty close. On DraftKings, you're looking at 5,300 for Sadiq Bay, 5,200 for Isaiah Stewart, and he's center only. So, you know, you got to look at the rest of the slate. Take and that, it, that is a benefit on FanDuel having him at power forward. Like, Absolutely. it's a huge benefit. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think Stewart's still a good play on DK, but we'll break down the rest of the slate, and then you guys can make that conclusion at the end. So, Stewart's 5,200. We saw what he did in limited action against the Wizards. For no reason, he went off, went crazy, played about 23 minutes, went nuclear. This kid's for real. He wants to ball out every time he gets on the court. I'm willing to pay for him. You know, we'll have to see how the rest of the news breaks out. Anyway, Diallo, 4,200. If you listen to our la- our last podcast of the week, Friday morning, we were all aboard the Diallo train. That- he was the focal point of our podcast. Unfortunately, he ended up not playing Friday, broke our hearts, but that opened the door for Josh Jackson. You go right across to his good friend, Josh Jackson there, who is 5,100. And uh, Killian Hayes, 3,700. Like, I don't think Killian Hayes is going to play – you know, 35 minutes again, but I think he has a shot to play 25 plus. The thing to remember here though, is he had a ridiculous five steals in a block. So he had 36 DraftKings points. Let's just say you take away, you know, five steals in a block is 12 points. Yeah. He has 24, 24 DK points, which is still pretty good. Ah, Killian Hayes. I'm not saying you need him. I don't think you need Killian Hayes. He's not, he's not going to play nearly as many minutes as Bay and Stewart. And maybe not even Josh Jackson. So what are you thinking here? Can you play Josh Jackson and Diallo together? What's their position breakdown like on FanDuel? Are they both They're shooting both shooting guards. guards. There's no way I play them both. That's tough. That's no tough. way I play them both. And depending on how the slate shakes out, maybe we may not play either one of them. I think, I think it depends on how the slate shakes out. Do we get any other crazy news by the end of the day? Um, you know, clearly, clearly. The important news here, Steph, Steph Curry on this slate is questionable. We'll get to that game in a second. But if Curry doesn't play, that, that, that totally changes this slate yet again. So I know we haven't talked much about the Cleveland side. I did want to say 
in my in my mind, I thought our good shiny old new toy Isaiah Hartenstein was going to be in our lives, but then I remember uh, Jared Allen is, is back, so he's not going to be as in, intriguing, even though Ke- even though Larry Nance is out. I'm just I'm not going to be big on Cleveland because everybody's pretty much priced up for their their value at this point, or for for, for their uh, their priced appropriately for their performances. I agree, and we're looking for the um, how can we put this. Not the diamonds in the rough at this point, and not exactly blatant misprices, but as news breaks and what news we have, you know, like for example, Colin Sexton is seventy four hundred on DK. Now, if I told you Darius Garland is out, hypothetically, you'd be like, okay, maybe Sexton's more of an eight K player in principle now moving forward. But the, the Cavs are as healthy as as have they been all year. They're missing Larry Nance, like you said. That's it. That's it. So too many cooks in the kitchen for Cleveland, in my opinion. There. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, I would start, if whoever's listening to this podcast, if you don't have any more news breaking by the time you turn this on in the morning you need and you really need to get a prelim in, I think Chief and I can both agree to start with Detroit Value. But be prepared because there's, what, nine games? So there's going to be a lot of activity moving forward. So why don't you lead us into the Boston-Chicago game whenever you're ready over there? Yeah, for sure, man. I think Boston-Chicago, everything is going to hinge on Jalen Brown. We already know that Zach Levine is out, you know, for COVID. He's going to be out uh, the whole time. Evan Fournier is still out for COVID. Uh, Tatum uh, probable. Kimball Walker questionable. Robert Williams out. If Kimball Walker and Jalen Brown are out, that's going to that's gonna be something else that drastically changes the slate because Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum are going to be uh, – I'm not going to say must plays, but they're going to be close to – maximum ownership consideration considering they're going to be playing the Bulls without Levine. So I think that's going to be a big time spot. And then that's going to vault some other, what I'm going to consider to be possible bad talking to our lives, like Peyton Pritchard and some of these other guys don't have anything against Peyton Pritchard, but you know, I, I think he might have a little bit more ownership than he should on this slate. Um, and I'd much rather just take some, some uh, play some of the Detroit guys because I know they're going to play a full complement of minutes for the most part, or at least we kind of know where their minutes will be. Uh, You know, on the Bulls side, um, only person that's out is Zach Levine. So uh, pretty much healthy outside of that. I think, I think we're going to need the Jalen Brown and the Kimball Walker news to really, really lead us down the path of whether or not we're going to play anybody in the, in, on the Boston side. I say this every time I know Jalen Brown teed off against the Lakers, but look at everybody else's performance for him to have to get that done. Tatum was extremely undervalued. Kemba undervalued. Marcus Smart undervalued. Like, you know, if Brown goes off for 50, guys are lacking in, in what they should be doing. So typically, I just continue to avoid Boston when everybody's healthy. In this case, everybody may or may not be healthy. I do need the news, though. What, what I would say, last thing, I'll close it out. If Brown and Kemba are out, Smart and Tatum are in, in, in extreme consideration for lineups. If, 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 um, if Brown is in and Kimba's out, then I think about it a little bit. I still don't feel like they, they might be right there because Brown's over 8K on FanDuel and Jason Tatum is 9-7 now. So we're getting really close to not even having to play them to take them to the tournament. If Brown is out and Kimba's in, then I'm kind of back on the Kimba train. He's 6,900, still right there. Um, but I still don't feel like I I, I will need Tatum at 9,700. Uh, he did put up 64 against Golden State, but 
still at that price, I feel like I could overcome it if he, you know, kind of stays medium, puts up 45 to 48 fantasy points. How about on a main slate? This could be the most expensive I've ever seen, Tate. I mean, 10K on DK. So we're going to see some sticker shots. I don't know off the top of my head. I, I just know it's been quite some time, if ever, that I've seen five digits next to Jason Tatum's name yeah. on, on DraftKings. For me, I don't care if he's 9, 6, or 10. You pretty much said it. Same principles apply here. I I think I need, on this nine-gamer, I think I need, personally, I need Kemba and Jalen Brown to both be out to go Tatum at, at that price. Either Brown or Kemba are out. I have interest in Marcus Smart. At 6700 on DK, he's right at that ultimate GPP price tag we talk about. Hey, the ultimate GPP machine. He is the weapon. i tell you what. <laughs> he had 10 FanDuel points at half on Saturday against Golden State. 10 or, or 11 FanDuel points total. He must have had 30 in the second half. He ended up with 41 uh, DK points, probably a couple more FanDuel points. So he really turned it on. We're missing either Kemba or Jalen. I'll definitely have Marcus Smart exposure at that mid-six tag against a Bulls team who isn't great defensively, probably play a little bit faster without Levine. Now that Kobe White is uh, getting some more run. And, you know, Kobe White had a huge game on Friday as well. Sadoransky was also out uh, during that game. And then on Saturday, Sadoransky came back and they kind of played 50 minutes, got 30. I mean, Kobe played, I think, I think Kobe played 32 minutes Saturday. From, let me check again. I want to make sure. Cause that was, that, that was something that I looked at. Yeah, he played 32 minutes on Saturday. So, I mean, are they handing him the keys? Are they conceding that they're not going to make the playoffs? Like, what's happening here, you know? I get it. He's 5,400 on DK. It's less appealing for me with Sadoransky active to pay for that. I think on this slate you can probably go elsewhere. I think we do have to backtrack quickly and note that Robert Williams is listed out for Boston too. Yeah, if I didn't mention that, sorry guys. I mean, I've got the injury report right here. So. That's okay. Maybe you did, or maybe I meant to say it. I, I don't know. But I mean, uh, Tristan Thompson's price is creeping up slowly but surely on DK. Forty seven hundred center only. Again, I think there's other places you can go once more news breaks. Then you know, pay almost five K for Tristan Thompson. It doesn't scratch the itch for me over here. What are your thoughts? Does that affect anything else other than what we touched upon? Yeah, I mean, his, his price isn't creeping up on FanDuel at all. Still 4400 Um, So, And then Kobe White is 4700 on FanDuel. So I still don't think he's a must play. Um, but, you know, we've seen that he has some upside. If, I mean, even if he picked up 30 fantasy points at 4700 like that's that's going to be really good if he gets there. Let's talk about a fun one. The other 730 game. Philly at at home to Golden State. And about an hour ago here, Sunday night, we got a notification that Stephen Curry is questionable for Monday's game at Philadelphia. Kelly Oubre still has a questionable tag. Toscano Anderson has a questionable tag. If Stephen Curry can't go, I don't see them forcing Oubre to play here. I, I mean, maybe. We know Golden State is kind of in the mix for that tail end of the Western Conference playoff picture that we talked about a few times. So at that point, what do you do at that point, though? Like, if, if you're Kerr, do you f- kind of say, Kelly, we really need you tonight? Or, okay, we don't have Curry. I mean, our odds of going into Philly on the road, we, we want to get healthier for the rest of the week. I, I don't know. But I think it's interesting because if Ubre, if Curry's out and Ubre plays, even if he's a little dinged up, and clearly they want to win the game and he's going to see a ton of minutes. So I'm looking at Kelly Ubre at 6,200. And if he's active, I have GPP interest if Stephen Curry sits. 
this is a dicey situation, Chief. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing about it, you know, we were talking about all this good play. They, so they ended up losing that game Saturday, which that was when I, you know, if, if you watch that game, wire to wire, almost it felt like the Warriors were going to win. And then, you know, Jason Tatum comes out and just manhandles them in the fourth quarter. Bottom line is the Warriors are in ninth place. Even if they don't get the eighth spot right now, they're still in the play-in spot. Um, in order for them to avoid it, they'd have to get up to six, which it doesn't seem like they're going to do. Uh, and they're kind of – the Warriors are kind of standing pat here. Uh, I do still think they need to win this game uh, to uh, to to kind of stay afloat here. Uh, and they if they won to if they won tomorrow, they would be twenty nine and twenty nine. They'd be a five hundred team with all of the injuries. No Clay Thompson. Curry's been out part of the year. Draymond was out part of that. Half their big men have been out most of the year. And for the Warriors to still be at five hundred if they win tomorrow really just kind of shows that this team is still marginally good. If they had Clay Thompson, they'd probably be a top three team in the West. I'm not kidding. I, I mean that honestly. So um, I I think they want to win. And I, I said all that to say this. In my opinion, I think if Curry can go, he's going to go. If he can go, he's going to go. I think what will help this team, and I think the bigger news is, does Tobias Harris play in this game? Because if Tobias plays, I still don't think the Warriors are going to win, whether they have Oubre and Curry or not. If Tobias is out, though, I think the Warriors have a slightly better chance to pull one off in Philly. That's my read on it. Well, does that mean that the Warriors are a decent team? Or does that mean that Stephen Curry is just super good? I don't know. I think I, I think both. Because remember, people were out on Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins has been playing really good basketball for them. And you know what? He's been playing really good defense this year. Yeah. I mean, I, so I'm just saying, like, he, clearly he's not Klay Thompson. But could you imagine this team with Andrew Wiggins and Klay Thompson and Curry and Oubre and Draymond? They'd have a whole new Hamptons five where and, – and look, they could maybe – and it would be small ball, but how many people are going to keep up with Draymond, Wiggins, Oubre, Clay, and Curry? It'd be very tough if they really wanted to just literally outscore you. The problem is they've got a team in the Lakers in Utah where they've got some big guys that they have to deal with. But other than that, and, and, I, and I'm not saying that to overlook other teams that have big men like the Phoenix, like like uh, Portland. I'm just saying if they really got out and outran teams it would be a track meet. They, they wouldn't be able to keep up. And so, yeah, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. I was going to say, they remind me, the Warriors team kind of reminds me of the best YMCA team locally because they just want to run, get the shots up. Man, if we get if we play a little defense, maybe we squeak out some Ws, but we just want to shoot those shots at will. But the scary thing about the Warriors team is they have nothing to lose and they have nothing to prove. No one expects them to win. They almost have like a chip on their shoulder, but they have no pressure. There's no pressure on. They know Clay Thompson's not in the picture, and nobody's taking them seriously without Clay Thompson or anybody. Another, you know, the second fiddle to Curry, the wingman, the Batman and Robin. It's just Stephen Curry. So they have nothing. That's the scary thing about a team like that because they they could go out and punch Philly in the mouth at, on the road any given yeah. day because they don't they don't care. 
they they don't care. Like they care. That's bad. You know what I'm saying? though. just like yeah, no yeah. pressure. Figuratively. Figuratively. Like you know, they lose. They brush themselves off. They go try to get back to 500 the next day. Maybe they squeak in the playoffs. Boost the confidence. Curry's got Curry's got good years left in him, my friends. I mean, we've seen it this year. When that when that yeah. man is healthy, he's the greatest shooter of all time. I, I, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, we've seen it. I mean, it puts up, you know, 50-something one day, 40-50-something the next day. I mean, I think I think there was a stretch where he's made the most three-pointers in a couple games than anybody else. I don't remember all the stats, but, um, yeah, he, he he's I, – I, I think because they're not winning as much, his greatness is being taken for granted. We're not seeing him as much on national TV. We're kind of seeing more highlights than, than, than allowing him on national TV to put on a full display. But clearly, clearly, he's one of the best shooters and scorers all time. Like, clearly. And, and real quick before we talk about the Sixers, I will say this. If, if you all go to Roto Grinders Court IQ tool, you take Stephen Curry off the court, hypothetically, and you take James Wiseman off the court, who we know – Unfortunately, he's going to miss the rest of the year as far yeah, as Yeah, yeah, done, done. Don't look at the of the point-per-minute ratios because sometimes it doesn't tell the whole story. Look at the usage bump. Sure, we want to see good points per minute fantasy-wise, but over three, let's see here, over almost 500 minutes, Andrew Wiggins has played without Stephen Curry and Wiseman on the court, and he has a 5.9% usage bump. That is serious. That is serious. And Kelly Oubre has about a 2.9% bump. So if he plays, I don't mind him either. But clearly, clearly there is validation that the offense runs through there. I worry about Draymond Green in this game without Curry because, honestly, they kind of thrive off of one another. We talked about the floppy offense. Draymond Green has an 11% usage without Curry and Wiseman. I I don't know what it is when everyone's on the court together. It's uh, only 13% when Curry's on, too. So, like, we know he doesn't create his own shots, but he gets a lot of his assists and potential assists, which is a real statistic now, and he's pretty high up in the league, directly from Curry. Could you imagine Draymond's numbers if Clay was healthy, too? He'd probably have a couple 20-dime games this year with the way he is. But he, I, possibly. I, I'm worried about Draymond without Curry is what I'm saying. He's probably, like, one of my least favorite pieces in this well, one. I, I, I'm worried because if Curry doesn't play – and Tobias doesn't play, that means Embiid's going to be full throttle. And who's going to stop Embiid? Listen, I know Draymond Green feels like he's one of the best defenders ever, and I'm not saying he's a bad defender. I just don't see him stopping Joel Embiid in this game. I, I, I just don't. I, I so, You know what I mean? And, and oh, last thing, Juan Toscano Anderson, I didn't mean to mention that. We did say he was questionable, but they diagnosed him with a concussion, and that was on Saturday. So I don't, I don't see how he plays – Today, he should still be in concussion protocol. My read is Juan Toscano Anderson doesn't play, and that's just going to leave Draymond Green and Kevon Looney. Uh, uh, Joel Embiid is going to have a field day in this. Well, I will field say, day. I will say this, and I know there's some poor recency bias lately, but Ken Bazemore is back to the cheapest he's been in about six or seven days, and he broke a lot of hearts recently, and he's been playing a lot of minutes, and it broke a lot of DFS players' hearts, I mean, because the opportunity was there, but – he he might have a massive role if there's no Ubre and no Curry because Bazemore is going to play regardless. And yeah, he might be second fiddle to Wiggins, but who else? I mean, Jordan Poole, I guess you got to consider well, that. Jordan Poole will shoot. Uh, that I will tell you. He's going to come in and try yeah, to throw exact, as many shots as he can. He is like the identity of that team. He will come in and just hoist. 
is, is game on when he's yeah. in. So keep yeah. an eye on that because Jordan Poole, who is, let's see how much he is on DK. Jordan Poole, 4,500 will be firmly in play. Yeah, 4K on FanDuel. If there's the no Curry, look for Jordan Poole, you know. Uh, but I still think you got to consider Kent Bazemore if they're both out as well because he could play that 2-3 and, God forbid, he plays some small four and some kind of combination. I don't know. But yeah, there's a lot it's- of news in this game. And you're right. Nobody will stop Embiid. Riddle me this. If this game, if, if Curry plays and everybody plays, how do you feel about this pace-up spot for Ben Simmons to maybe get in transition, maybe get some steals, you know, kind of do the things that he does best? Yeah, listen, I, and I was going to mention that because Ben Simmons is – so FanDuel has been keeping Ben Simmons in the very low 7K, upper 6K range. No, 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 I didn't say that incorrectly. I said exactly what's happening. Upper – I mean, lower, lower 7K – Upper 6K. He's 7,100 on this slate. If Tobias is out, I mean, if you look at what he's done here recently, 40, 46, 40, 40 in back-to-back games, if he put up 40 at 7,100, trust me, I would accept that every day of the week. If I if I knew he was going to put up 40 every day at 7K, I would say I'll take it. I'll say that's, that's the one. I'll accept that every day on every NBA slate, 40 for 7K. And yeah. I'd be pro- you know what I mean? So I don't, I don't know what's going on. I think it's just because overall he really hasn't shown a lot of upside. So I think they've got him kind of priced down. But like in this Clippers game, I think he was either 68 or 6,900. And Tobias didn't play. So this is, I mean, we're still getting really good value on Ben Simmons, even though he's 7K. He's still a value play. Yeah, I, I don't mind him at that price, even if Tobias is in, because the pace will be through the roof. And I think, you know, based on the rest of the lineup construction, that's a great that's a great tag for Ben Simmons. He's 7,800 on DK. I don't know there because, listen, 7,800 for Ben Simmons. You only get two points for blocks and steals on DK. I need Tobias out to play Ben Simmons on DK. That's my read for DK. Let me ask you this, Luch, hometown Philly fan. Seth Curry sits Monday night. Yep. What in the world are we going to do with Fur- Furk and Corkmaz, who's like secretly destroying slates, but nobody ever plays him? Like he's secretly been getting there every slate with like point less than 0.1% ownership. And I, I'm not talking about, and I'm saying in a couple of these games, 36 on Saturday, 28 against Dallas, 44 against OKC. And, I mean, a lot of it's been these minutes increases. Like, he, when he played 30 minutes, put up 44. Played 38 against the Clippers, 36. Now, while that might not be quite a point per minute in the Clippers game, if Curry's out and he sees 30-plus minutes against Golden State, he's going to be another value play that we have access to, and he's not going to be popular at all. What do you consider value? Because he's 4,800 on DraftKings. I think on DraftKings, if you know Curry's out – I'd be more than willing to take a shot on him because this is his opportunity to put up another 30 piece. The pace will be there. The pace will be there. And this guy loves to spot up and transition, shoot the three. I just can't on this slate. I don't think I can pay for him on DK. I I don't think I can do it. I get it. But But listen, I've made a living playing Danny green when Joel Embiid is out (laughs) and Danny's been, he has blessed my pockets. I I, th- I think you should reconsider that one, man. I'm saying if you're multi-entering, okay, and, and I will be multi-entering tomorrow. If Curry is out, 
Ferkin Korkmaz is for sure going to get the nod in my player pool. Unless like, I say so. otherwise, when someone asks me, I'm assuming I'm just playing single entry. But if we're talking multi, I'll have Furkan shares because usually I play both. Um, but I, I usually focus on my single entry builds. A big thing to watch here, even if he plays 15 minutes only, George Hill is questionable now. He There is a chance he makes his debut. Oh, God. So he, we need to monitor uh... Because if he plays 15 minutes, that kills the Korkmaz buzz for me. As we say on the office, don't like that. Don't, don't like, like that. that. So this is another fairly early game, which we should get news around dinner time. Hope you guys are having a quick meal tomorrow because you're going to get some Detroit maybe news. Maybe. But this Philly Golden State news can flip the slate on its head along with the Boston news. So yeah, be sure. ex- have access Around 6.30 Eastern. Yeah, you need it. You need it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's move on here for time purposes. The Wizards and OKC. A little bit of a revenge game here. If you're into narratives, if you're into that kind of thing, Will Priester. So, Oklahoma City, the new Toronto Raptors. Who knows what they're going to give us off the injury report tomorrow? We never know. What are your thoughts on this one? Um, I'm just going to go ahead and cover Washington because I know what I'm going to do there. On Washington, it's two guys, and it's always two guys unless something weird happens. Now, Rui Hachimura is out. I get it. It's still only two guys, but maybe Daniel Gafford, but I, I don't I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Westbrook and Beal. That's it. Westbrook's 11-5. I've been pop- – listen, man, I've been playing Russell Westbrook almost every day. And I keep getting rewarded with these 60-plus fantasy point performances, and nobody's still playing him. Now, he did only put up 52 against Detroit on Saturday, but he also only played 30 minutes. If he played 35 minutes, it would have been another 60-piece. So, um, And that was a back-to-back. So I'm sure they were trying to limit him in some capacity. I'm, I'm right back to the well on Russell Westbrook. I'm not saying he's going to be a lock button for me. But uh, he, he's definitely on the radar. In terms of OKC, man, so many random bodies. Uh, I I think this is probably going to be mainly a stay-away spot for me. I know Lou Dort is, like, churning out all these big performances now. It is a great spot. But I got a feeling Lou Dort's system, all they just played today. And we don't have them on the injury report. But if I had to guess, a couple of these guys sit. Roby, Baisley, I don't know who. But if I had to guess, a, a handful of these guys sit. So I'm just going to kind of pass on OKC until I really get the news. I want to talk about sticker shock. Lou Dort is 7K on DraftKings. God Allegedly, he's an, off- he's an offensive player now. Suddenly, he has a game. Well, but, but you know what, though? Here's, here's what happens, Luch. I think a lot of times these guys in college, people give you this label. And then that label carries over to the NBA. And so – I feel like coaches and spectators alike are expecting you to be a certain way, right? And, and Lou Dort kind of got labeled as this only defensive specialist last season in the playoffs because he was guarding Harden, Harden. And it's like, oh, Lou Dort, man, if he could hit some shots, uh, he, he's going to be a game changer. And so they were labeling him like a 3 and D guy, put it, putting him in a box. Well, it looks like he's a offensive score like he's not just shooting threes to get to the rim get dunks blowing by people getting now look a lot of that's because sj is out don't get me wrong i, I understand the personnel is different but the guy's playing good basketball for, for what he can do with this team 
And I think guys like this may not be a superstar, but he could become an all-star if he keeps playing like this. If he's turned dialing up the defense, scoring at will the way he is right now, I mean, you're looking at an all-star player. If if I'm a team that's that's a contender, for instance, a team like the Knicks that that might need a, a piece to get over the hump. The draft isn't that great this year, in my opinion. I, I, I mean, I, it's, it's top heavy like it is always. I would maybe be trying to make a trade. OKC's got plenty of draft picks anyway. They probably want more. I would possibly try to pick up a guy like Lou Dort, Lutz. Could you imagine Lou Dort on an already defensive team with Tom Thibodeau where the principles are going to be better, where the team defense is going to be better, and then they don't really have a true point guard, and you can just put him and RJ together and kind of let them be these off-guard players, let Julius Randle do his thing, a guy that's already defensive-minded. That's my rabbit hole for today. Lou Dort to the Knicks, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's not going to happen, but Lou Dort to the Knicks would be fantastic for that organization. I need to be a GM. Oh, listen, anybody listening, you got any connections to anybody in the league, tell them your old pal Chief uh, needs to be a GM. Tell them just listen to these podcasts. They'll see what we're talking about. I think the big thing is here, this is the same Lou Dort that teams were leaving wide open to shoot the three in the bubble. It was a joke. It was a joke. The poor guy. You don't want to be left wide open. You know they're do- other teams doing it intentionally. That, that plays head games. Big thing here is he's shooting 5% better from three this year. 5% is a big deal from three. He is – a serviceable three-point shooter now. That opens up his slash game. Like you said, he gets to the rim now. Teams have to respect him. It's not five on four in August. And don't we've seen some of some of those threes he put up last year. Woo! Some of the worst shots I've ever seen in my life. Could have been worse than Paul George. He's still getting paid. <laughs> Story for another day. And I like Paul George. Paul George is, is kind of one of my favorite players, but Still, he, he played awful last year. I mean, he shot that three-point off the side of the backboard. You just can't do that in the playoffs. But big ups to Lou Dork because clearly he worked on his game a lot through the pandemic, and he, he didn't quit, and the numbers are showing. And now you look at his game log, folks. I don't think – I'm not saying this is sustainable. Like Chief said, there's no SGA company. But he is now a usage guy for Oklahoma City, and that probably won't change for the rest of the year. Anyway, let's get going here. Here we go. Let's put the pedal down a little bit here. Now because, we got because listen, this this game we're gonna skip. I'm not. I mean, these eight o'clock games. Never mind. I, sorry, Luce. You go ahead. You you tell me the game, and I'll give you my answer. Oh no, I mean we could go fast. The thing is, you know, Houston on the second leg of a back to back. I still think there could be some kind of news. I still think there's a chance Christian Wood doesn't play because he hasn't sat in a while. That worries me a little bit. And also Kelly Olynyk revenge game. Just gonna drop that out there. Too. Yeah, yeah. Kelly Olynyk. Okay, talk to, talk to me, talk to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't mind this game. I mean, you know, we'll kind of have to see. Wall is probably going to play today. And when that's the case, I just I don't, I'm not going to play uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Probably going to be mostly a stay-away spot for most of the Houston guys, especially playing Miami, who's going to be kind of playing a lot slower. Now, if Jimmy Butler is out, and, and Jimmy did sit out on Sunday, if Jimmy's out, Bam Adebayo is 7,700 on FanDuel. Like, you just – I mean, what, what am I going to do here? I'm going to have to play him. Like, it's just or cl- close to have to play him. Um, you know, you'll have Tyler Hero at 4,600 playing big minutes or, you know, tw- mid-20s minutes. You'll have Kendrick Nunn 
you know, playing good minutes. Kendrick Nunn played about 30 minutes on Sunday. You'll have Goran Dragic playing good minutes. He played 30 minutes on Sunday, put up 40 fantasy points. I, I just, if Jimmy sits, then you've got plenty of Miami value. I, I'm not really interested in Houston with everybody playing. So if Wall's playing and Porter's playing, Olenek's playing, Wood's playing, maybe I just consider Olenek. Um, but other than that, I don't want anybody. Miami, we need the Jimmy news. But Bam Adebayo, even at 7,700, he's still in play, even if Jimmy plays. Like, that's just a fantastic price. Yeah, don't look now, but Goran Dragic finally strung together three pretty good fantasy games. Uh, against Phoenix, he played 28 minutes, 25 DK points, including 0 for 7 from 3. So if he has a couple threes, we're talking that he might smash at 4,800. Mm-hmm. Against Minnesota, he had 26 and a half DK points, which is fine at 4,800. He only played 23 minutes. Okay. Maybe you take Jimmy out of that equation. He plays close to 28 to 30. Just think about that. He played 31 on Sunday. And he had 41 DK points filled up the stat sheet. Looked like Goran Dragic pre-injury from last season. So I think if Jimmy Butler's out, not a lot in this game as a whole I'm interested in, but I like the Dragic call. I like the Bam call. And I I do not feel good about saying this at all, but Trevor Ariza is fantasy relevant again. I'm going to close my laptop now. Yeah, we'll see you on tomorrow's pod. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's put up two good performances. I mean, heck, one game he put up 40. I was like, man, but guess what? That's Trevor Reason everywhere he's been. When he was on the Rockets, you, you'd have to play him five times because the, the minute that one time you didn't play him after you started playing him, you knew it was a 50-burger. And then he was going to keep scoring 15 fantasy points the next four or five games. And then you, he gets down to three, 3,500, 3,800. You hop off the train, bam, a 50 spot. It's just who he is. My 10-second sob story is 2017 FanDuel World Basketball Championship. I faded Trevor Ariza. He was 70% owned, and he dropped 53. So that, was, uh, that, wasn't, that wasn't my favorite Ariza moment. I have a little poor yeah. bias. Bias opinion on Trevor Ariza but he's GPP he is another Marcus Smart type kind of fantasy player <laughs> okay Spurs and the Pacers let's talk about it um first of all let me make sure they don't have any weird injuries because this team nope it looks like we're all clear outside of Trey Lyles being out we don't have it from the Pacers yet but I don't think it's going to be anything too crazy like I don't really worry about the Doug McDermott's of the world so so much. Uh, the thing about the Pacers that I, that I'm realizing is they're really starting to get down to being on the outside looking in. Uh, well, they're in a the nice spot, which means they're still in the playoffs. They're, they're still in the playing game. Charlotte won tonight, so now they're back even. So Charlotte's back to being a 500 team. They're 28 and 28. Um, and then the Pacers, they're 26 and 30 currently, still in the playoff scenario. We'll see what happens. In terms of the Pacers, I like Sabonis. He's 8,700 on FanDuel, which, I mean, I think that's a fantastic price. He's been over 9K most of the year. Malcolm Brogdon is 7,500. I know he's had these really random big performances. That's a stay away from me because Malcolm Brogdon could easily come out and put up 30, and that's going to hurt us on this slate. We can't accept 30 for seven, at 7,500. Karis LeVert, 8,300. I think he's still overpriced. He has, He's only had a handful of big performances. Uh, I, I'm not willing to pay that. He could definitely burn us. One guy that I am interested in um, in this spot 
Jeremy Lamb, and I, I listen, I know his minutes are very sporadic, but if Jeremy Lamb gets 25 minutes, he could pay off big time. The problem is we may not need him, but I did want to mention him on this slate. Other than that, the Spurs, man, I'm not playing anybody from the Spurs. They're, they're going to be back. Everybody's going to be back. Just going to avoid them. Yeah, I'm getting the Cleveland Cavalier vibes uh, for San Antonio. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's pretty much appropriately priced. Now, if we get injury news, we saw what Eubanks did over the weekend. So that would be a no-brainer for, for you guys to just kind of piece together. Yeah. But, but they just rested those guys. That, that wasn't, it wasn't any injuries. They just they rested them except their $25,000 fine for resting the guys. And uh, that's what they did. And I, so for me, it's this game is probably a pass on DK for single entry. The only yeah. person I will probably have some exposure to if I'm multiing will be our, our boy uh, Jakob Hurdle. Did I say that correctly? Are there silent yeah. letters in that one? I, I always say Podal. Podal. Um, it, it I'm a Podal guy. I, but I, I think it's Jakob Podal. But... Let's, call, let's call him JP. Our guy JP. Yeah, JP. JP. For, from so, the Spurs. Not J.P. Morgan Chase, not (laughs) J.P. Smooth, not J.P. Crawford. No, not J.P. Crawford. Anyway, Miles Turner Turner has a habit of of kind of getting getting hammered sometimes. They Indy is just not a good. I didn't know you smoke weed. Smoke weed. We're talking about about the NBA. Who who doesn't smoke weed? I'm I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Smoke weed. (laughs) Said he was getting hammered. Well. In the blog, he does, man. I mean, he, he they label him this defensive mogul. Yeah, he gets some blocked shots, but Paul could go to work. He had 45 DKP in their first meeting this year against Miles Turner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a GPP guy, 6,200. Not my favorite. Not going there. But I will have some uh, multi-enter exposure. Don't worry. Uh, we're about to get to another catch-up game real quick. Right, you announce see. it. I'll tell you what my feelings on it. All right. Phoenix and Milwaukee. How do you feel? I'm not playing anybody. Next. Ah, all right, all right. Only notice notable thing in that game would be will DiVincenzo play, but it doesn't really change for me. Once again, Phoenix slow, good at defense, not someone I want to really attack. I'm assuming the game total is going to be kind of low, so uh, I'm with you there. Not going to be single entry guys in this game for yeah, me. I don't think they're trying to push Giannis right now, so I'm just not. That's another reason why. Typically in this spot, this would be a spot where I would load up on Giannis because I know people don't want to play him in, a, in what should be a competitive game. Played 24 minutes against Atlanta, 29 against Memphis. Uh, and the Atlanta game was, you know, marginally competitive. I can't remember what happened in the Memphis game. Bottom line is at 11K, I think, I think I'd much rather take my chances with Russell Westbrook right now. I don't think they want to play Giannis past 32 minutes. And he could get it done, but I'm, I'm just – I'm not touching this game. Okay, well, here we go. We need to spend two minutes on this one. Memphis at Denver, and Valanciunas has a concussion, so he's out on Monday. Now, yeah. now Brandon Clark is also questionable for Monday's game. That leaves Xavier Tillman, who we've played from time to time when opportunity knocked. 3,400 on DK. 35 on FanDuel, which is the minimum. What's his position on FanDuel? Power forward. Even better. Even better. <laughs> I, I tell you what, you look at him point per minute wise, he's been he's been solid. And he's been seeing some run in like the teens, you know, 12 minutes, 15 minutes, 22 minutes, 17 minutes. He could be in a massive role if Brandon Clark is also out here. 
If so, maybe Clark wouldn't get his normal allotment of minutes if he's not feeling up to it either. This is interesting for Xavier Tillman, I think. Yeah, it is. And what I'm trying to look at right now is what are we going to do with this team? Because here's the deal. As, as, as much as, you know, as high priced as some of these guys have been, guess who's probably going to be in play for me in this spot? Kyle Anderson. Exactly. Kyle Anderson's averaging 1.13 fantasy points, man. And he's 6,300 on FanDuel, which is going to be slightly expensive. All I need Memphis to do is stay in this game. And he's probably going to hit 40. I mean, I'm serious. He's probably going to hit 40 fantasy points in this spot. You think it would be Ja Morant? And listen, I still think Ja has immense upside long term. But in terms of this season, we just have not seen it. Uh, but Kyle Anderson, in terms of you know what, we're, what we would be looking for, I, I think Kyle Anderson is in play. Uh, don't hate Tillman as well. I mean, at 3,500. I mean, that's, that's going to be big-time possibilities for us. But Kyle Anderson would be my guy that stood out. I mean, you know, Dylan Brooks is questionable as well. Th- this feels like a blowout, but... You need multi-ender exposure in this game. Yeah, because if, if they're out, Grayson Allen's going to play 35 minutes. Listen, let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. I, sure. Here, here's something disgusting, Will. I'm looking up the on-off splits on Roto-Grinders Court IQ. Oh, yeah, I've already looked it up. Nine percent usage bump for Grayson Allen without without Valanciunas, Winslow, Melton, Jaron Jackson, and Brandon Clark is the questionable one. If Brandon Clark doesn't play, Grayson Allen has played almost 130 minutes without all of those guys we just mentioned this year. Yeah. And gets a nine percent usage bump. That it bumps is ra- up to twenty seven point six to be exact. That is rationally like twenty seven point under- two. Excuse me. You don't. You never see a bump that big with a good sample size either. Listen, we just need to not go out there and trip anybody up, and we'll be fine. Oh, oh. Old school Duke reference for those of you that uh, yep. are, are, in, are in college basketball. And, and thus being said, with the same personnel off the court, Kyle Anderson gets a 5% usage bump. That is massive. Pretty much everyone gets an increased role, as IQ is telling us. But those are two of the biggies. Wow. 9.7% for Grayson Allen. Woo! I'm looking, I'm looking at Memphis for some value tomorrow. Uh, if some news breaks the right way. And if it doesn't for single entry, I'll do my best to kind of keep a slot or two open for these late games. That's my, my strategy. Yeah. We, we just, we need, we need to stay close. And that's my only concern. Like, does Denver run away with this quickly? And I, I, I think they can. Uh, secretly, though, you guys know I don't like to play Aaron Gordon for the wrong price. Aaron Gordon is $5,100 on FanDuel. 5100 now has he warranted that price absolutely he's absolutely warranted the $5,100 price tag but still he's 5100 I think Aaron Gordon is now in play once he gets back to 6k I will keep continue to click the x button that's fair I, I can see that looks like Monte yeah. Morris has an out uh, by the way, I'm just go backtracking here. Monte Morris will not play Monday. Denver, Denver note right there. Will Barton, big time play. He's 5,300 on FanDuel. Circle Will Barton, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you right now. Go ahead and circle Will Barton. He's probably going to hang up almost a 40 spot here. That's my bold call of the day. That's my bold call of the day. Will Barton hangs a 40 spot here on Memphis. Will Barton played college basketball for none other than Memphis Tigers. 
I'm not saying there's a little something there, but paging Alan Lem when you're looking for some narrative. <laughs> you got my cell, Alan. We should do a narrative piece. Trust me, I got you. I got you. The nightcap for Monday, Will. Lakers and Utah. And I was just looking at some notifications. And you know we just had this game, by the way. We just had this game. Looks like okay. Drummond's, Drummond's probable. Uh-huh. Schroeder's probable. Uh-huh. Markeith is probable. Uh-huh. I still think – I feel like you're passing on this game. On the Lakers well, side of the ball. No, what, what, no, no. It depends on – we already know Mitchell is out. I actually watched this game on Saturday. They played Saturday, uh, and then they sat uh, Gobert. Gobert sat. Uh, they sat Mike Conley, and they sat – who else do they sit on Saturday? I can't remember, but they set they set like a core group of guys. Okay, here's the deal. They sat Derek Favors. Derek Favors, that's who it was. Yes, yes, yes. But he didn't really matter as much. But here's my point: the Lakers had to fight to win this game. They were up most of the game. Jordan Clarkson hits a three at the end. Dennis Schroeder comes around. Gets past him on on uh, uh, gets to the right side of the rim at the end of the game, lays it up. Couple seconds left. Hail Mary three pointer didn't go in. Went to overtime. Lakers kind of ran away with it overtime. Here's what I noticed in the game, which is normal. Andre Drummond's production really picked up in this game, and guess what? It wasn't the let's throw Andre the ball and let him work. It was Andre Drummond running rim to rim in transition. Andre Drummond, Andre Drummond grabbing rebounds and putbacks. Andre Drummond, Drummond doing high pick and roll with Dennis Schroeder getting to the rim and catching lob passes. That's what Andre Drummond was doing in this offense. I, I actually think I have some interest in Drummond here at 6,900 on FanDuel. He played 30 minutes, part of that was overtime, but he put up 48. 27 points, eight rebounds, three assists, one block, two steals. That's pretty much what we expect from Andre Drummond in 30 minutes. I like him here on this slate, considering we haven't really talked about a whole lot of centers, maybe outside of Embiid, and and we didn't really talk much about Jokic because I think this game is a blowout. Bam, at 7,700. I think Drummond is a big-time, big-time tournament play on FanDuel in terms of a late-night hammer especially with Gobert, if Gobert comes back, which he should be. Yeah. If you're going to give me 30 minutes of Andre Drummond, I don't really care if it's Rudy Gobert or Wilt Chamberlain on the other side of the ball. (laughs) I don't care. I don't mind. Drummond's going to do what he does. And it's not always perfect. It's not always pretty. But he'll give you a chance to hit that upside. I'm, we were playing Andre Drummond at 8K no, a couple months ago, damn well knowing he might only see 30 minutes on some slate. Sometimes he played 28 minutes and still put up 50. Uh-huh. Th- these are true stories, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't the X-Files. <laughs> these are true stories here. Uh, I'm dating myself with the X-Files, by the way. I, was, I, was like, I, still, I, I hear that intro music in my head. as we're... Yes. So the thing is with DK for Utah is – yeah, Mitchell's not going to play, but the Jazz are, are priced fairly accordingly. Jordan Clarkson, 6,400. That's like at the peak of my threshold. Mike Conley at 7K is a pass for me on this slate. 
I think I like Bogdanovich the most if I had to pick. He's seen a ton of minutes on the log. He played 40 in that overtime game. And I, according to Court IQ, and it makes sense, um, Mitchell's lack of presence uh, helps him more than anyone this season in terms of points per minute-wise. Um, and Bogey really wasn't playing that well the first couple of months of the season. Looked a lot better the last couple of weeks. So if I'm looking at anybody from Utah personally, for me, it's Bogdanovich. Now, if Mike Conley was out, we'd be talking Joe Ingles. But Mike Conley's probable. Oh, and, and Clarkson. And Clarkson. But at 6400 for Clark, I don't mind it for Clarkson. I just feel like he might be a little bit capped at that price with Mike Conley. Yeah, and the Lakers actually, they, they made some pretty good defensive adjustments in that game. So I, I totally get it. I just, I am still in on Drummond, though. I'm, yeah, I'm, I like, like that I'm call. in on Drummond. I like that call. And I think you'll get some good GPP tourney ownership on him, too. Absolutely. Yeah. So we just wrapped up a bunch of games. That's it. The, 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 uh, let the shenanigans begin because the slate is over. Uh, we've taken you all the way to the, to the end of the street here. Yeah, we took you to the end of the street. If you missed the bus, you better call an Uber. <laughs> you, you know what the deal is. Now we get to talk about some food. GPP okay. food of the day. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute my mic. I'm gonna let you do some talking for a little bit. What do you got over let's, there? Let's go. I'm gonna bring up my GPP food. You know it's Sweet Tooth Mondays. It's Sweet Sweet Tooth Mondays. So we're, we're obviously covering dessert, but we have an epic food fail that I have to discuss. If you're following me on Twitter, right, you already know. If you're following me on Twitter, you already know. I pull up today to Popeye's chicken. Love that chicken for Popeyes. Doom, 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 doom. Put up the Popeyes. <laughs> and no, I did not want the chicken sandwich. I know everybody, everybody on Twitter, I think, thinks I want the chicken sandwich. I didn't want that. I actually pulled up for my staple at Popeyes, which is a five-piece chicken tender with the Cajun fries or the seasoned fries, Mardi Gras mustard, and a cane sweet lemonade. Okay, that's that's kind of my go-to. And then I'll also usually typically get a side of popcorn shrimp. Okay. Clearly it's going to come with the biscuit. Maybe they give me a little bit of honey. Maybe I put some apple jelly on my biscuit when I get home. And so you pull up. Hello. Yes. Um, I like to order a five piece. Tip. Oh, I'm sorry. We're out of chicken. And it's like, oh, so are you out of like just a regular bone in chicken? No, we're out of all chicken. Oh, all chicken. Do you have any popcorn shrimp? No. And per the associate, I put this on my Twitter, my Twitter feed. All we have are sides. <laughs> oh, 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 excuse me, excuse me. Sides, or, or in their case, fixings. Okay. So you, your your primary job, you had one job, and that was to sell the people in my community fried, hot, mild or spicy chicken. And the name of your restaurant is Popeye's Chicken and Biscuits. And you don't have any chicken. This is insanity, people. What was going on in your community on Sunday night that they sold out a chicken? I have no clue. Remember, I was out of town for a basketball tournament. I left this part off. The associate said we just had a, we had, we had a big rush and we ran out of food. 
Mind you, I showed up there at 8.30 to get the chicken. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when the sun is going up, not 8.30 a.m. when they're not open. So clearly, I don't know how you have a rush that late at night to not have any chicken. I, I, mean, I, I was actually baffled. I couldn't even get mad at the people. I just sat there and just had to end up riding away. Insanity. A chicken joint with no chicken. That's sad. And we just we were just talking Popeyes versus KFC in one of our food debates yeah. on Friday. And I yeah, and I, I just said, yeah, Popeyes because of all the, right? the extra things they right. have. I agreed with you. And you know what? Now that I think about it, I've never gone to KFC and they said, Oh, sorry, we don't have any chicken. <laughs> so what did you do for dinner? Was it a sad dinner, man? What did you have? I ended up going to Bojangles, where where oh. chicken was bountiful. <laughs> there were so much chicken. Man, you gotta throw that on Twitter. It's okay. I went to and tag Bojangles. <laughs> oh, I the, did. Start the crosstown rivalry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I went ended up at Bojangles. Bojangles that is and got some chicken. That's devastating. Insane. Do you have a story for us? I do. I live in the middle of nowhere. If you listen to this podcast, you know that there's a farmers market. I could I could throw a baseball and hit it. There's farmers markets out here. I don't know if you have that where you live. It's just like a f- outdoor flea market. Hey, People sell produce. Produce. Farmers markets are a big thing down here. Groceries. All right, good deal. This is a fairly sized one, but they have a big outdoor pavilion and stuff like that. I don't know who decided this, but once a year, there's an annual cannabis fest at this at this farmers market. Not only is there a cannabis fest, it is the biggest cannabis fest in the Northeast region. I don't know why they decided Kutztown, Pennsylvania is the place to have the mecca of cannabis. I don't know. All I can tell you is they ran out of parking. My neighbors had people parking in their yards. I have a neighbor two doors down, and I can't name any names on this podcast because you never know. But the festival was two days, Saturday and Sunday. He or she made $3,000 letting people park in their yard, paying out of pocket. I said, you got to well, get in on that, on that action. I said, well, damn. <laughs> well, see, I have like a townhouse. We don't have much of a yard. I'm like, ah, what an opportunity that was. Regardless, there was about 60, 50 or 60 food trucks at this festival who made a killing because what is more genius than a bunch of people getting stoned, getting hungry right after? <laughs> Nothing. And there's a lot of CBD because like that, that's, that's a different ball game. Weed is not legal in Pennsylvania, but you ain't telling me that these vendors with their campers weren't, you know, doing a little extracurricular over there and then making some food. But anyway, food trucks, man. What yeah. a revolution. They, you had food trucks and then they had a can of bus. Oh, it? yes. <laughs> Dude, bust their way out of here, man. That was yeah. crazy. And no, I did not partake in those days are long over. But it was just mayhem. I, I live in a small, it's a college town, but it's a small town. And just yeah. see people everywhere. But the food, I went over there yesterday and I went to Flying Jay's, had a food truck, and mm-hmm. I had a spicy chicken sandwich. Delicious. Flying Jay's, look it up. It was 10 o'clock in the morning now. Wasn't my best decision for. Are you talking about the Flying Jay's uh, gas station? No, I don't. I, oh, but, okay. But no, I wouldn't do that to myself. But I tell you what, it. it Almost, I, I just it reminded me of how good the food in Nashville was. I know we got a lot of Nashville people. You know, good chicken, spicy chicken, Flying Jays, not the gas station, good chicken. 
But yeah, food trucks has just revolutionized the game, man. And good for, good for these you know business owners. You get like no overhead you have to worry about. And with the way the with the way the world is right now, and the hospitality industry, like many others, are so short staffed. Please be nice to your servers when you go out to eat, folks, because you know what they make two eight you know two bucks an hour, whatever it is here in PA, and um, they're very short staffed. I feel for some of these people. I feel for the cooks in the kitchen, and yeah, you got you got to feel for them, man. Yeah, I mean seriously, uh, please be nice to them and. Just nice to everybody. Just be nice all the time. Even if they don't have any chicken at a chicken joint. Like, no need to get upset. There's more chicken joints, uh, which is what I, the decision I made today. You handled, uh, so, you handled that well. Yeah. Yeah. I drove off and went to another chicken joint. Uh, GPP food of the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sweet Tooth Mondays. Listen, folks. And, and we're going commercial here. So that we're, not, we're not going to uh, Mama's Kitchen today. We're going commercial. Most of our listeners should be able to get this dessert anywhere in the country, as long as there's one by you, okay? Listen, folks, if there's a, uh, an Applebee's in your area, please treat yourself to the caramel apple blondie. They used to have the maple butter blondie where they poured that, pour it over the ice cream, pour it over the blondie. And now they've got a new twist. They've got, uh, uh, I'm not, they're not sauteed apples, but they've got uh, stewed apples under there, you know, with that good, rich caramel applesauce with it, right? Ice cream on top of the blondie, caramel. Listen, folks, fantastic. Caramel apple blondie at your local Applebee's. If any of the higher-ups from Applebee's are listening, we are accepting sponsorships for the show. Uh, you're more than welcome to give us a lifetime pass to Applebee's and free blondies. We're accepting applications right now. Lutz, over to you, my friend. GBP food of the day, caramel apple blondies. Let's well, just, since we're talking desserts, real quick, I did. I uh, went over to one of the food trucks at the festival. It's called Donut Revolution. And uh, my girlfriend's kid wanted a donut. It's all good. So I'm like, all right, we'll get some donuts. We got a real donut. We got a s'mores donut. And I can't even explain it to you it was a donut and then they had they were able to like have graham crackers on the top of the donut it was held together with chocolate fudge and then they put chunks of you know chocolate like hershey's bar on top of it with the marshmallows and it was man was that something i tell you what i'm gonna with the podcast link on twitter i'm gonna post a picture of the s'mores donut on the bottom of it so we could all see what we're talking about but let's go hey Great podcast. Will Priester, what's your schedule like this week? And where can the people find you on Twitter? Man, we'll be putting out content this week. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ChiefJustice06. Uh, we're going to – I'll be live on Tuesday and Thursday. That's on my typical days for the NBA. NBA show's been going earlier this week, so around the 4.15, 4.30 area. Get ready to go on Tuesdays, man. Card stock after lock. That's our, our show for the week. With uh, with our uh, with our collectible space, and I'm just going to call it collectibles because we talk Top Shot, we talk cardboard. Last week, if you missed it, had a fantastic cardboard show, uh, just identifying you know some 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 opportunity areas. Our good our good friend Brennan Ruby wrote a fantastic article about uh, the price increases on the select product by Panini. So if you're into that sort of thing, please check it out. Uh, it's going to be pretty much the same thing this week. I'll be dropping a uh, in case you missed it link. 
uh, in our Discord tomorrow so you can find out all the information from last week. And then Tuesday, we kick off our, our, our collectibles week again, show, article releases, the whole the whole gamut. So i uh, love to see you guys come hang out with us. It's a ton of fun. Great stuff as usual, Will. Hope you guys have a good start to your week. Look me up on Twitter at the J Carlucci. Whatever I can do, I'll point you in the right direction. And hey, give our morning grind a subscribe, a like, give us some feedback, drop us a comment. What do you want to hear us talk about? We giving you some good advice? We talking about some good food? Let us know. We'll be here with you throughout the rest of the season, most of the weeks. So for Will Priester, Chief Justice 06, I'm Justin Carlucci. Have a great day and good luck.